Set summer in motion with the most electrifying Honda vehicles yet, like the CRV and Accord, with available hybrid powertrains designed to deliver more thrilling performance and more innovative tech. Summer's here. Make every adventure more electrifying with Honda. For a limited time, well-qualified buyers can get a 3.9% APR on a 2023 Honda Accord Hybrid or 2023 CRV Hybrid. Buy online, reserve from select dealers, or visit your local Honda dealer today. See dealer for financing details. Hello and welcome to Film Companion. You've tuned into an exciting new interview podcast, Spill the Tea with Sneha Menon Desai. To catch more of what we do, visit us on www.filmcompanion.in. Hi, Rocket Boys. Jim Ishwak, welcome to Film Companion. Are you in the mood to spill the tea? Yes, Neha. Absolutely. I don't know what that means, but yes. I, I'm going to dive straight into the show. Listen, guys, that's a solid trailer. You definitely have something good on your hands. But I want to know right at the start, for two actors who have really proven themselves with role after role after role what does it feel like to find yourself hi mimi i cannot not acknowledge you hi it means okay this is going to be fun i just I know like it's going to yeah. be fun <laughs> what does it feel like guys to find yourself in every frame of the trailer like what is that feeling uh well uh it's good good feeling it's a show about these two guys you know and their friendship through the years so i imagine if the trailer didn't have the two of us mm-hmm. it would have been stranger i guess mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um i'm i'm coming more from a place where you've probably had to hopefully look for yourself in the trailer am i there am i there ah mil gaya ek scene two it's all about you you just said it i mean i couldn't have been more i probably wouldn't have phrased it like that or brought that you know given that reference but it's happened like am i there is there like woh kuch halak hai halki si and sometimes it would just be like you know oh in that that second you know that i'm just like fuck but i mean i always saw it as a part of process i mean that's all like but yeah i mean it's like it's um how do i say it i mean it just feels great what do you got to keep in mind when you're biopicking like when you're picking a biopic do you feel like you need to at some place kind of sort of see yourself as that person do you need to feel invested in their story what's important for you me or him trying to me him me 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 obviously me me um memes how do you feel when you have to play a cat uh, do you feel comfortable uh, uh oh, I, so I well put when you um i mean in a way a biopic is at the end of the day you playing a character one way or the other you know and if the if a film has been written really well and the the character has been you know in uh, well well researched and represented i imagine it would be a similar experience to play a a, a fictional character w- w- with with as much weight and import but uh, of course the, of course it's it's both easier and more difficult I, i the the easier aspect of it is that there are real references you can look at there's research you can read about there are people you can talk to who tell you anecdotes about how the person is um but it all of that doesn't matter because at the end of the day you're trying to represent somebody who by all accounts is a, a genius of course i am not him and i can never be him i mean he's a genius there's no question about it but i can try my best to authentically try to represent or touch some 
part of that um, in the portrayal. Yeah. What about you, Ishwag? Do you have to see yourself in the character? Yeah, I mean, you, you got to do this thing and you got to do it authentically. You got to do it right. Once you, you get caught or mm. put yourself in this, in this grind, then there's no escaping. Then you're just there. You're just doing this, you know, finding more. It's like a revelation after revelation. And because as I'm doing this, as I understand what that relation is between him and Homi Baba, I realize, oh, so that's what it is. Because, you know, we all are similar in so many ways. At the, at the end of the day, it's a human story. I'm curious to know about the both of you on, on set. I know, Jim, you've said that you have very opposite acting styles. And I'm, I'm sure that can be very exciting as collaborators. But did it ever happen that the other just threw you off with you were expecting them to go one way and they went another altogether? Uh, um, it plays out in fun ways. <laughs> uh, there's always like the, 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 the fact is the two characters have opposing ideologies, you know? So it was never an issue. In fact, it only, yeah, like it helped. Sometimes they were spiky with each other. Sometimes they were supposed to really get along and ha have a good laugh. And I think they constantly like challenged and informed each other's behavior um, as characters. So, you know, any opposing ideology that we had as actors only helped, I, I, I feel. What about you, Swanky? Sure, it, it helped me, it helped me. And we would, we discussed this one day and I even told him that, you know, what he, because he shared something with me. And I told him after the scene that I think what you told me helped. So it's also how you receive it. If you kind of, you out there, you know that what uh, at the heart of it, we all that, you know, our intention is to get through to the other side and we want to do it, make a good show, tell a good story, tell it honestly. Mm. And uh, I believe in his craft. I think he has an authentic voice, uh, which is, is great. And uh, he's an asset to our industry. At the heart of it, however, I feel that it was, it was very similar. Uh, while while you know you you may sense different energies, but the heart of it is to go out there and put out an honest performance. It's those basic things. How we get this is different, which is exactly what Homi Baba and Vikram Sarabhai were doing, right, Jim? There was there was like they had they wanted to get to the same point, but it's just that their trajectories were different. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys uh, envy about each other as actors? Uh, I envy his um, command of the Hindi language and uh, his earnestness. Sometimes he comes up with an, an idea, an approach that I told him that I could have, you know, I've, I mean, it's not just in the context of this scene, but I've never thought of a scene like that, which is great, which, which is, uh, he believes in being in the moment and it takes guts. Somewhere, you know, someone who prepares also has like, it's always, I mean, while it's like, it's fun for me, but it takes guts to sort of go out there and what he said, you know, to be in that moment. And you need, you need a solid understanding of the language, of uh, the craft, of the story, of the character to just go out there and be in the moment. Because you can make a total fool out of yourself uh, if you try and do that. Um, yeah, it requires a lot of guts. So all was of this that and a lot was more. It, was it this interview where I was talking about how hard everything was or was that the last interview, Shangi? I honestly don't remember. Yeah, you and I kind of uh, mixed it up. Uh, what, what was hard? 
Oh, because like it was, it it is an incredible amount of work. One, you're trying to represent a genius, somebody who thinks faster than you. Two, um, you, you know, you're trying to make them seem like real human people that go through the same emotional pro- things that anybody else would go through. However, their way of dealing with those emotions is just different because they they just. Uh, know how to make it work for themselves better than other people i think i I think they know how to transform those emotions use those emotions not Mm -hmm. be bogged down by those emotions you know they know how to just feel them and let them feel them and then you know surmount them uh add to that complicated scientific jargon add Mm -hmm. to that complicated hindi with scientific jargon add to that like um, me and Abe would really complicate the blocking for no reason. I mean, we would, I mean, the first for one of the first scenes, I know that I've walked in, I've stood as Nehru's aide, then Nehru has left, then I've sat in his seat, then I've moved over to another seat, then I've made the guy a cup of tea, then I've sat next to him, then I, you know, moved from there to the other side. And it's, it's a like, steady single this? shot. No, 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 this isn't, this isn't a steady camp. This is like me and Abhay have kind of come up with it. Yeah, this is the idea that I've had and slowly we've come to a middle, you know, we've come to not a middle crowd, we've come to painting the scene, you know, like how we wanted to paint it. And then you're like, oh my God, this means like 30 shots, you know, like what have we done? Why have we done this? You know? And then, and then, oh God, and then, you know, you're in the middle of your 35th shot being like, why did I, I should have just not made the tea. I could have just had the tea be made by someone else. <laughs> you know, whatever. I always wanted that extra take after, I, yeah, the one which like, we do after, after one for love. That extra take, the gym take. After we've got it, you know, after we've got it, then the take of like, now I can do whatever I want, you know, like I can do whatever I want with the blocking or this moment, you know, like, please let me be free for this one take. And then, and some of the times it would be like, yeah, yeah, we, everyone would just have a good laugh and we'd move on. Or it would be like, why did you do this before? (laughs) Now we, you know, we can't, we can't go back. This one works the best, you know, it would be like, oh no. (laughs) Yeah, that happened a few times too. Um... But the- my God, we would do some complicated blocking scenes, Neha. Like, I'm, I mean, steady cam, two and a half minute shot, steady cam, five minute, 10 second shot, all the way moving around the party. Or the first time me and him meet, like, it is a whirling, moving, dynamic shot, you know, because I hate, um, I don't like when I watch things where, like, the, 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 the thing starts with a person is behind the desk reading something, you know? It's like, no, this person is in the middle of their life. What is their life looking like in the moment when this person shows up? Uh, if you walk in on any given time during the day, for me, I might be in between doing a, a, a hundred different things. So like, I don't like when I feel that it's been staged only for the camera. I, I personally really don't like watching blocking like that. It it, it, it bothers me. So, um, and Abhay and Harsh was so interested in not making it look like that as well that like we would really jam about how to best represent the character so there's scenes where like you're having a conversation but I'm looking at a board and then I've wandered off and I'm doing something else and I find the book and then it's not there and then I go to another room and I look there and then I come back the whole scene is going on separately to all of this stuff that we've added to try to just you know to try to make it good man to try to make it good 
Yeah. You brought up desk and I just remember that I came across this uh, very interesting story when I was researching. Did you actually end up auctioning for Homi Baba's desk? Are you sitting at it right now? I am sitting at it right now, yeah. That is insane. It's the desk that actually was in Jangir Baba's house, um, Jamshed Baba's house, sorry. Um, uh, and when Jamshed Baba, he uh, auctioned off his entire estate. So this, the, the, the house and everything in it and uh, the proceeds went to the NCPA. Um, and my uncle happened to be the, uh, to, happened to run the auction house that, that did it. And, you know, I was like, mm, look at this desk, huh? That I didn't have any money. There's no way that I could have afforded it. No, How no long chance. ago was this? This was about eight or nine years ago. So, uh, you know, so I've uh, the only constant piece of furniture in all the houses that I've lived at since moving out of my parents' house have has had the, the only constant has been this desk. That is incredible. It's full circle. Yeah, magnets, oh, right? Cool. Space magnets. That is amazing. And let's uh, cut to the point where you do have a lot of money. I'm kind of talking about a similar phase in both your lives where um, one show and one breakout performance kind of led to a barrage of work. Like I'm talking about Patalok and, and Nirja. What have you guys learned about that moment and just with coping with the influx of work, something that you waited for really long? Did you deal with that phase well in hindsight? Uh, sorry to say, but, um, I, I, I was working a lot before as well, uh, just in, in, in theater and I've never made all of these, um, uh, distinctions that I, I feel sometimes are made for me. Um, uh, for example, I was, I had constant, uh, theatrical work, uh, prior to Nirja. It's just that uh the world values the workforce then in a in a certain way mostly because they haven't seen the other thing that that has been happening prior um mm -hmm. but for me i've never made all of these distinctions i i just never have uh it hasn't been about what is how many eyeballs the the show re receives but more the quality of the experience um of making the, the thing. So prior to Nirja, I was uh, acting a lot in theater and I really enjoyed that. And then post Nirja, even up until now, I've never thought of myself as like, oh, I am the a smaller part. It's been more like, you know, I've tried to do this part as best as I can and, and, and represent the character as best as I can. Um, so, yeah, I just I just dealt with it the same way I had been dealing with it. But didn't you feel suddenly famous? Does that not happen? Yeah, but that's not, it doesn't change my approach to the work. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Ishwag? What's walking yeah, I mean, the streets the, uh, post Patalok? What was that like? Well, it's nice. You want that kind of thing and acceptance and people come and they say wonderful things that's one thing i mean post Pata, look that was that was beautiful i guess i don't know I saw something so you know the, the the one thing for me because even when i on florida's space coast we think you can have the best of both worlds kind of like right now driving at your desk maybe at the gym but you're also grooving to some music visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch or go kayaking and manatee spotting. 
It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. When Patalok released, I'd been doing this for almost 10 years, over 10 years, mostly on stage, but also alongside uh, these bit roles. And I was also making, I was kind of making inroads. Um, moving from uh, upstage to backstage, the kind of journey that I'd always wanted because I think what comes slowly with time stays. And uh, the interesting thing is that uh, uh, I, you know, however, it was like you get the kind of, uh, a great kind of understanding as I was going about doing plays and, you know, those parts never really got me under the spotlight in the sense, not so much in terms of getting eyeballs, but you know, as an actor, I always wanted to believe that there is something. I do this for a reason. And it's kind of taken me uh, in a certain direction, which is, which is again, my own voice. It's not borrowed. It's not contrived. It is uh, authentic. It might uh, not sound uh, wonderful to a lot of people, to everyone, but it is my own. And it's, it's, it was, it would uh, be painful and disturbing to, uh, to me that, uh, and frustrating that the people I really want to work with, the filmmakers I want to collaborate with, uh, they might not necessarily, even if they're aware of me, they're not aware of the, the, that thing, my skill set. And post Patal look that changed, uh, which is what uh, uh, made me really was, was made me really happy. Um, other than the fact, of course, you know, people, send you a lot of love. Uh, we were in the middle of the pandemic, but the kind of things, messages I got, it was it was amazing. It was like, you know, talking about um, those nuances. And I was amazed that you get, uh, that someone would, uh, has seen all of this. And then, you know, uh, yeah, all of that. It was just, it was great. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned yeah. uh, a bit roles. And while, of course, everyone knows Patalok, there was also... Yeah. The Ranjana and there was Aligarh, there was Tamasha and you were constantly working your way up. What did just being a fly on the wall on those sets, how did it prepare you for today perhaps? Never saw it that way. I always thought that it was uh, like the first time I got a 30 second uh, thing stint uh, this part at, uh, with uh, Imtiaz, uh, Imtiaz Ali. I was, I was pretty excited. I was very excited in fact. Uh, that was like one of the first few times I was going to face the, the camera and at that point it was uh, a whole lot of things I mean I'd already been cast in a regard and these two things this and there's also a bit in Fitur that I did my excitement was I'm going to do a scene with Tabu and I'm going to be on an Imtiaz Ali set and yeah, the man. stuff that he and the, the, what he taught me uh, then uh, and what I learned that it gave me the the conviction the strength the courage to go back uh, to to go to Aligarh and then get a pat on my back from Hansa, from Manoj, uh, all these uh, amazing people I used to look up to. And then when I, when I went back on stage, I kind of found my groove through this because I worked really hard for Aliga for these little roles. Even if it was like a breakup scene, I mean, I was like, so much time I spent on what it's like and all of that. Uh, I took all those notes back to stage and I kind of found my groove and I stuck to that. It was like, you know, it's like I was in the middle of, sort of finding my ground a couple of years four five years you've been doing this you know working on stage sometimes you also get like start losing hope get tired it'd been over five years okay. but this this kind of got me back in action with a lot more energy and I found my groove and I kept working on it and I stayed consistent so it was amazing 
and then you know most stuff happened vire happened i did something in south and uh, move up side coming my way yeah you know jim uh, there are some adjectives that have come to be used to describe you especially in the press uh this quirky i i i rather oh god oh no no but it's true oh it's my oh find me oh, a headline good. that doesn't call you quirky or unpredictable or wild or you know what i'm saying but i'm actually coming to does that kind at any stage or phase impact the roles that come to you well i mean people continuously asking me about it continues to promote but there that stereotype yes i think you know if i'm being absolutely honest i think it is a self perpetuating system and by that i mean uh 9 out of 10 interviewers will ask me about it and then that just perpetuates it you know because it's like saying don't think of an orange everyone will think of an orange see it's right here uh there's no way to not think about it so uh what i always wonder is like why doesn't the person just talk to me about my interests why is this question repeatedly brought up unless there's some perpetuating of this of of this very thing you know like in the beginning i got asked a lot about the you know negative la da da and it became like but don't you see that by asking me you are continuing the legacy of this thought process and that if you are uninterested in that thought process and if you feel that i'm misunderstood why don't we just talk about other things and if you do not wish to perpetuate that stereotype then what can we move on we can move on brilliant <laughs> we can move on to i want to just end by asking you guys what do you wish to take behind from the sets of rocket boys tangible or intangible what are you taking with you I wish that I could imbibe Homi Bhabha's quality of interest. His quality of interest is just phenomenal. He was interested in not only so many things, but the quality of his interest was so deep and so prepared to do the work required to really know that thing that it just is a shining example in a time of very very shallow interests. the show itself the journey has given me so much um as an actor i would i would like to say the one thing that i've i mean so many things and i, I and i've mentioned this before you know while the character you give something to the character he definitely gives you something your craft improves so as i move on to the next set i realize that what i've learned from my co-actors from the story from the character is just made me a lot more um yeah i mean given me a lot more strength and courage to do this because it requires guts to be an actor um any performing arts requires a lot of guts it, it's not easy we all you know journeys has been extremely extremely difficult uphill task but yeah i mean just i'm i'm just got another kind of a an energy and vigor now that i'm kind of it's kind of makes me feel unstoppable love it more power to the both of you uh can't wait to watch the show If you like what you just tuned into then subscribe to us on Apple Podcast, Google, Spotify, Stitcher and Radio Public. You can now also follow Film Companion on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and YouTube.